Man alive, that's a big batch of flowers, isn't it? Whoa. Wow. Wow. Wasn't prepared for that. That wasn't here this morning, was it? Okay. Well, I'm just saying it didn't seem like that was there before. But that looks good. I like flowers. Amen. Hardy flowers for Wyoming, right? Hardy flowers for Wyoming. Nope. And that's good, isn't it? Praise God. Well, let me take a few minutes here this morning. Um, I know my time is limited, so um, I'm going to try to get as much accomplished here this morning as I can. First of all, I want you to um, uh, know that the Pentecostal life, the new one on the family is here. It's got just, just good, absolute, realistic, uh, pertinent um, uh, articles in it, and so you would be blessed if you would take this and read it. The only requirement is, is don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Give it to somebody. Take it to a doctor's office or something like that. Um, take it to a place for an oil change place, whatever. I mean, just leave it there on the counter and just see what the Lord could do in Jesus' name. And so we have some of these out there, and they are for you, and we want you to, um, want you to enjoy them in Jesus' name. Tonight, if everything goes okay, we're going to have a special presentation tonight on Haiti. Amen. And so um, we've got a little bit of a connection there. Our brother uh, Fitzner has been to Haiti and was there last year. And so um, the headquarters has put out a, oh, it's only about 30 minutes, but they put out a presentation on Haiti, and it's very, very, very good. I have not seen it, but I've talked to several people that have, and they say it's definitely worth our time. And so tonight we'll be doing that at the, towards the, at the beginning of the service. And so if you want to, you can come. Amen. Look at somebody and say it won't last. Look at somebody else and say it won't last. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the snow. It's not going to last. It's not. You guys are all upset about this, and my goodness, I thought it was kind of cool walking around the church in the snow today. I mean that literally. Praise God. It was. Praise God. Oh, yeah, yeah. Praise God. This is Wyoming, folks. This is everybody in the nation ought to be required to come out here and live in October and April. It would toughen them up. It really would. Praise God. And so that's my um, little bit for, for the Wyoming weather. I have something for you today. I want every one of you to get one. Amen. And if you're not going to read this and you're not going to study it, just leave it in the, in the chair then. Okay, I'll give it to somebody else who will. But this is um, uh, a track that we had for years, and it's called A Place Prepared for You. And everybody ought to know this. Everybody ought to know this. And everybody also ought to be able to teach it. Amen. The scripture says that we should be ready, ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. So, Brother Mike, if you don't mind, maybe somebody else, make sure everybody gets one of these. These are yours. And um, I have some more here, and um, and uh, and 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 there. give me one first. I, I probably need one. I remember the content very well. Oops, there we go. Um, a place prepared for you. I've used this. I think I've used it in, in different Bible studies and places like that. But this is this is absolutely a um, um, a pamphlet of information of hope. I mean, my goodness, if, if, if anybody ought to have the hope, it's us, and uh, we understand that, and um, it is um, literally a beautiful pamphlet. You, we, we've got some of these, and, um, and we can order more. If you'd be interested in, in sharing these with your neighbor, uh, the only thing I ask you to do real, uh, uh, is to know it, know what's in this material know what's uh, being said and that type of thing. It's very simple, it really is. It just has to do with um, uh, primarily John chapter 14. This is where Jesus told his disciples that he was going to go away. And of course, that was a sadness that was brought upon them. But he, he mentioned the fact that he had to go away and, and, and certain things would be accomplished by that. Um, we understand that the Holy Ghost was poured out, praise God, and still being poured out today, isn't it? How many here today believe in the necessity of the new birth? Yeah. Now, that doesn't make you a judge. 
what that does is that makes you righteous. Amen. Any of the information God gives us out of the Bible doesn't promote us. It promotes him. Amen. And, you know, just because, you know, people can come up and, and come up with a scenario, can God create a rock that he can't lift? I mean, you've got all kinds of those kind of things out there. Well, you don't know my grandmother, you know, she was a saint, and, and I'm sure she was in your eyes. You know, and all of these things, I've heard many of them over the years, and I try not to be disrespectful. I'm not the judge. Folks, that has taken a ton of pressure off of me. Amen. But I am the mailman, praise God. And I need to be delivering mail to people on a regular basis. And in my opinion, that's what this is. You're just delivering the mail. You're saying, listen, this is what the scripture says. You need to be sure that your experience with God is all that there is. Because what I'm finding out, and I'm sure many of you are too, is that there's a, there's a lot of people out there that have had a experience with God. They've had some experience with God. My goodness, we're in America, praise God. These things can, can be freely given and freely dealt with over the airways and everything like that. But a lot of folks, you know, they, they're not really, they're not um, uh, knowledgeable of the fact of what does the Bible say about being ready for that place that Jesus is readying for us. And so this pamphlet very simply just goes into the born-again experience. Um, it will help somebody to come, you know, to um, uh, head on with truth. And, and in my opinion, that's what we need to do. Praise God. We need to learn to do this in love, don't we? We really do. And God can help us, and, and he will. There's no question about that God will help us in Jesus' name. Praise God. I, wanna, I want you to think about something here um, with that, but um, I, I'm going to be um, uh, teaching you something here this morning that I think is extremely important. And I want you to... Um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of um, um, of Second uh, Corinthians. Second Corinthians, praise God. Second Corinthians, chapter number ten, Amen. And I'm so thankful for you being here today. I, I am. Second uh, Corinthians, chapter number ten. I got to watch my time. Um, but uh, and while you're turning there, I just want to give thanks to all of you that came yesterday. The Bible uh, speaks about unity in three specific places in the Bible. One is in the 133rd Psalm, and it talks about how good it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Praise God. And unity is a, is a very powerful force that God gives to us. Amen. And then in Ephesians chapter number 4, there's two other places that it mentions it, and it talks about being unified in the faith, and not just any faith, but in the faith of God, and unity in the spirit, and it's talking about in the spirit of God. And these are areas that we can, and yesterday was a demonstration of how good it is for brethren to come together and be unified. There was a ton of things that were accomplished here in about four and a half hours yesterday, literally. Understandably, we had to be organized. We had to know what we were doing. But this entire building got cleaned. Um, and and a, a big, huge load <laughs> of stuff. I loved it. I praised God for it when you drove off of that driveway with that stuff. Amen. If you don't already know it, Brother Carnahan loves to throw things away. I do. And especially things that get in the way and things that have been here for a while. Amen. One of the things that God is helping us to do is become more organized. When you have a building of this size, which we're very thankful for, can you say amen? amen. And we, it's in really good shape. We uh, cleaned it yesterday, organized some things. And if you haven't been to the back yet, boy, I mean to tell you, that back end looks just absolutely very, very, very nice. And we're going to continue doing that. When you own a building like this, even one of this size, it's like a cycle. You've got to just keep going around. And it seems like when you get everything that you think is, needs to be fixed, then the first thing that you did five years ago needs to be fixed again. And I'm not being discouraging, I'm just telling you that's how it works. Doesn't it work that way in your own home? And so there are times when we just need people to come together, and yesterday was one of those times. And didn't God give us a beautiful day? Come on, aren't you glad it wasn't snowing? I am. Come on, it made things a whole lot easier around here. We could, I could clean those windows and open the windows, and it was just very, very nice. And so I'm glad, praise God. And you know, the beautiful thing about it is that a lot of those people stayed last night after the work was done physically and began to pray in the Spirit here last night between 5 and 6 o'clock. And man, what a beautiful prayer meeting. And these are things that promote unity. They do when we can come together, praise God. Well, why doesn't God send? his angels down here and do all of that work. Oh, come on. 
Angels don't need this stuff. They don't, praise God. They're ministering spirits sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation, F-O-R. They do a lot of things for us that when we get to heaven, we're going to really, really probably, it's going to take us hours to just praise God for all that they have done for us. Amen. But the bottom line is you and I, we can come together and there are certain things that really, really get accomplished when we do that. So I just commend you all. Everybody was so very helpful. Praise God. Sister Carnahan was very organized like she always is. And I know she sounds like a drill sergeant sometimes, but she really isn't. She really isn't. She just gets focused. No, she really isn't. You've got to get to know her a little bit better. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know, but she really is, she just gets focused, and there's things that need to be done, and she was rehearsing to me at 10.30 yesterday morning, so I got a double dose, <laughs> praise God, you know, but she was organized as usual, and I appreciate her, I really do, she is just really does help in those areas, and many of you brought your talents to this church, and we were able to accomplish great things in Jesus' name. If you will look, and when you're going out, maybe you don't want to, it'll probably be covered with snow, but uh, we just got a new roof this, this week too. The company, that everybody's busy, my goodness, we, I, we called like five or six different roofing places, and only one responded. And that one that responded is going to bat with us for our insurance company. They did a complete uh, roundabout this church, and he pointed out about five or six things that the insurance company didn't even see. Oh, imagine that. The insurance company didn't see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, folks, but insurance is just really, I, I got to preach and not speak about that. But <laughs> it is the truth. It really is. But they're going to bat with us. They got um, software that hooks right into their software. So right now, I don't know which end of the cord it's in right now, but it's volleying back and forth. But we just want to get everything done, don't we? Amen. Amen. And so I believe that God's going to help us to do that. But they moved us up the list. They moved us up the list. He called me about, I was on my way with my car appointment, and he called me and says, Brother Carnahan, we're going to move you up the list. I said, thank you. Amen. He said, we'll be there this afternoon. Amen. And so they were, and they got it done in, in about a day, a little, and they came back the next day. Um, and Corey, tell your husband, I mentioned the thing about picking up the nails. And when I got here, um, when was it Friday morning, a couple of them came up to me. They, I didn't, they didn't even speak English. But they knew about the nail picking up. And they had these magnets, and they were going all over the place, praise God. I did find one this morning on my way around the building, though. That's worth about a 20% discount, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just having fun. I'll tell you, but it's good to know that God's favor is upon us. And I believe that's what that was. I believe that's God's favor. So look around. Enjoy it. Enjoy and, and get happy about the, um, about the achievements that we can do when we get unified in Jesus' name. But who knows what got accomplished between 5 and 6 last night, though. Oh, hallelujah. It was still lingering when we came this morning, wasn't it? Walked in the building and you go, whoa, man, the Spirit of the Lord. Praise God. And so I am absolutely grateful for what the Lord is doing. Amen. And don't worry, I've got a Bible study. Read those. If you don't want to read those pamphlets, if you don't want to study them, that's okay. You don't have to. This isn't a requirement. But don't take it home and throw it in a trash can. Just leave it in the chair there, and I'll pick it up, and I'll give it to somebody else. Because that's what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start giving people things that they can use in Jesus' name. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And let's, let's look at this real, real quickly here. 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. Many of you will recognize the scripture. <clears throat> it talks about spiritual warfare, which is very, very, very important for us to understand. In my opinion, <clears throat> um, we cannot understand it enough in Jesus' name. The Bible says in verse number 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh or according to the flesh. Never forget that. That is so important, folks. We get to the point to where we want to take on things physically. Praise God. And then it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down. Everybody say strongholds. Look at somebody else and say mindset. mindset. 
Same thing, same thing. The Bible says, casting down imaginations, this will show us how. It says, in every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Somebody say that makes sense. It says, and having in a readiness. See, we got to be ready. Come on, there are some things that some of us have been trying to get ready. God wants you to be ready. To be ready for what? It says to revenge disobedience. Come on, you can get mad at the devil, and you can get mad at disobedience, and you should. Amen. When you do, when you miss the mark, listen to me, folks. Sin, most of the time, the sin that saints do is called missing the mark. Well, get mad, get a little upset and say, boy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to aim a little bit better next time. And you can, you can make some improvements. And so having a readiness to revenge all disobedience, when? Yeah, when we obey. And listen to me, folks, that's an apostolic's privilege to obey what God wants. Lift both of those hands right now. And let's ask God's word to have free course. Come on, I believe it wants to. Come on, even on a snowy October Sunday morning, God's word can have and will have recourse in this place in Jesus' name. Let your word, Lord God, touch every heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, let it have recourse right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Mm, yes, Lord God. Your word, Lord God, in spirit. Mm. Mm. Yes, Lord, everyone, everyone. Nobody to be missed. Nobody to go home today dejected. Nobody to go home today offended. Nobody to go home not knowing what they need to do in Jesus' name. I send that out right now in the name of Jesus. Hit that right on our hearts, Lord God. Let every heart, Lord God, be open to what you've got to say in the name of Jesus. And now what do we say? Let's take about 15 seconds and praise God for his word. And so the scripture there, what we just read, is talking about our weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen. And so we must understand that God gives us weapons. I've identified several weapons in my life. The blood of the lamb. The word of my testimony. Not loving my life unto death. Amen. You can find that in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. Praise God. The word of God. The name of Jesus Prayer and praise, the Holy Ghost, the angels of the Lord. These are all weapons that God has put into my, into, into, into my life in Jesus' name. Now, he's not going to beg me or make me or threaten me if I don't use them. And I'll guarantee you the devil isn't going to suggest it to you. So you and I must be aware of some things, praise God. And this is why we must be in unity of the faith and spirit. Amen. Unity of the brethren will accomplish great things like that back room. But unity in faith and unity in the spirit will help us to accomplish things with the help of God in the spiritual realm. And that's where you and I need to go and be in, on, a, on a regular basis, praise God. I know that the vast majority of our world, our culture, is, is not aware of it, praise God. And that's why things like what you just have there could, could help somebody, praise God, to understand that, hey, your, your life and my life isn't going to be around for a whole, you know, for hundreds of years. And so God has prepared a place for us to go, amen. And so right now, you and I have the privilege and the opportunity, the 90th Psalm, one of the oldest manuscripts in, in the scripture, praise God. It's probably the oldest besides John 1 and 1. You know, is the idea that it says, teach us to number our days is what it says there. 
Praise God. If you're, if you're in good shape, you might live 70 years. I mean, that's about five years away from me right now. And then if you're really good shape, 80 years. And man, folks, that's just how it works. So we need to learn to number our days. Now, I just told you that we have weapons, and I hope that you will understand those weapons, praise God, more and more as the days go by. But you must understand that the devil also has weapons. And I want to share three of them with you here today. Amen. Three weapons. Weapons that the, that the devil will use on a regular basis in Jesus' name. Um, uh, um, the Bible says in Matthew chapter number four, number four uh, that's where Jesus was led by the Spirit up into the wilderness. And the Bible says that the devil himself, the tempter, the devil has a lot of nicknames too, you know. He came to Jesus and tempted him. Amen. One of the things that the devil wanted to see Jesus do was his, one of his major weapons, and that is sin. That is one of his major weapons. Amen. He is a tempter. He doesn't do it. Don't ever blame the devil for what you do. That is irresponsibility. Amen. And that won't get you anywhere. All you're going to do is get praise and glory from him. He loves that when you do that. He doesn't have a problem with the whole world blaming, the whole, blaming him for everything. When in essence, if you study the fourth chapter of the book of James, you're going to find out that where do these wars come from? Come on, they come from our lusts. They come from you and me. That's why our world is full of sin, because there's a lot of people out there that are committing sins. Now, again, I'm not the judge. I'm just telling you that's what it is. And I would never stand before you and tell you that I never sin. I would be a liar. That's what the scripture says but I'm sinning less. That's my goal, folks, and that's not some, you know, uh, compromise. That's a work in process. Amen. I used to, man, before I come to God, I would sin without even thinking about it, and many of you would too, but you come to an apostolic church, and all of a sudden, you're starting to think about the stuff you do, and we think it's a curse, when really it's a blessing. That's what God wants you to understand. The devil uses sin to try to discourage you, to try to get you away from God. You must understand that sin will always separate us from God. That's why God needs to see an honest effort from us. He isn't looking for perfection. He's not asking you never to do it. He's just saying, own up to it. Realize that this is one of the things that the devil will use. You know, we can, we can go a long way with, 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 the, um, with the example of Jesus. When Jesus was tempted, what did he say? He, he quoted scripture. He used the word of God. Man shall not live by, by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He quoted Deuteronomy. And so you and I can begin to do the same thing, praise God. And so sin is one of those things, praise God, that you and I must, must commit to battling. That's what God wants you to do. He just wants you to commit to battling it. Amen. The scripture says in Micah 7 and 7 that when I fall down, I'm going to get back up. I'm paraphrasing that, but basically the principle is intact. And that's what God wants you to do is learn to get back up. And not just dust yourself off and forget about what you did. Learn from what you have done. These are the things that God can turn that, 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 that weapon of the devil into a learning tool for you. Amen. And begin, please, please, please begin to recognize godly sorrow. Godly sorrow and conviction work together. And conviction is, is from God. God will convict us about the bad things that we do. Amen. The Bible says, here, let me show you something here. Look at um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. And maybe you want to mark this down. Write this down somewhere and marinate on this scripture maybe this week. God can help you, praise God. Amen. The Bible says in verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, it says very simply there, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Basically, there's no new thing under the sun. Amen. And the scripture says, but God is faithful. Can you say amen? God is faithful to do what? Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. There's the difference between conviction and condemnation. Is that condemnation, there is no way out. Amen. And the Bible says in the third chapter of the book of John that this is the condemnation. 
this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world and people like darkness more than the light. Now, I hope that's not you. That's what battling sin has helped me to do, is like the light. That, amen, God, shine that light in my life. I want to be exposed. I don't want to hide stuff anymore. I don't want these things to be hidden under a whole bunch of stuff so that I'm not even aware of the weapon that the devil is using. And so you can understand that, and God will help you in those areas. Now listen to me, folks. You've got to understand, this is not a, a means to get discouraged. This is a means to get encouraged, that God's helping me. He's doing this. His conviction is one of your best friends. And so allow that conviction to take place. And God will help you in a lot of areas, praise God. Now again, I could say a whole lot about that, but I want to get to the other two. Another weapon that the devil uses, and I want to show you this. Look at Job chapter number 1. Job chapter number 1. I have been probably more than I ever have in my history of, of, of reading the Bible, studying the book of Job more and more the last five years. For some reason, God has just led me to that book in various different studies, various different studies. And it has been a real, real tutor to me. It really has. But in the first chapter of the book of Job, you're going to find out what the second weapon of the devil is. Now listen to what it says. One in Job 1 and verse number, oh, let me, let me read verse number 6. 1 and 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. Now this is talking about the angels. Amen. The sons of God are sometimes are referred to as angels. And the scripture says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Here's the conversation that began. And I don't know why. I wouldn't have even talked to him. But God saw fit to, to, for us to be able to learn something here. And you must understand that's why it was done. It says, whence comest thou? God's saying, where you been? And then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. He was banished down there, praise God. And so God said, okay, how's it going down there? And the Bible says, and the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? Now notice that, you know, the, the thing that describes Job is very important, servant. Amen. And so the Bible says that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and ensheweth evil. Now, if you study history and you study the chronological order of the Bible, you're going to find that Job was a contemporary with Abraham. That's why Job is, the book of Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible that we have. I'm talking about the King James Version. And so, yeah, that's why I'm telling you, Abraham wasn't the only guy that God was dealing with. It's just one of them. And God used him as an example. I don't believe that Job was the only guy that God was dealing with, but God uses him as an example. I don't believe you're the only one in Gillette that's living for God, but God wants to use you as an example. Can somebody say amen? So you must understand that everything that happens to you as a Christian, there's something that God wants to use. Now come on, let's let him use us. Praise God. And let's not let the devil use us. Amen. And so the scripture says, here's the devil, and he's always got an answer. It's, usually, it's always the wrong one, by the way. Because the Bible says that Jesus described him as somebody who doesn't have the truth. And so anybody who doesn't have the truth is a liar. And so the Bible says, then Satan answered the Lord and says, doth Job fear God for naught? Now he's going he's gonna to pull this in the garden stuff. Yeah, did God say that? Oh, he's just trying to hide you from stuff, you know? And he's doing this to God. What a stupid, you know, what a stupid devil. Amen. Well, you put a hedge around him in verse number 10. And about his house and about all that he has on every side, thou hast blessed the work of his hands and the substance is increased in the land. But you put forth your hand now and touch all that he has and, and he will curse you to thy faith. What is the devil doing there? He's accusing that's one of his greatest weapons. When you and I get into the arena of accusation, we play right into his hands. Amen. They were telling me about the ladies' Bible study on Thursday night. Sounds like we men need to have that ladies' Bible study. Amen. I won't go into the detail, but praise God, you got to watch what you say. Amen. You play right into his hands. 
He's the accuser of the brethren. That's exactly what it says in the 12th chapter of the book of, Re of Revelation. Read it for yourself. That's what he does. He's good at accusing people. And I'm going to tell you something. The world has got a great reflection of that. I've been accused of a lot of things. Somebody about two years ago went on inter internet and just lambasted me to death and said all kinds of things about me that I didn't even know were happening. My goodness, I had to read it a couple of times so I knew what was going on in my life. But that's what it is, folks. And what am I going to do? Somebody said, why don't you just get on internet and tell them, you think I'm going to join that? You think I'm going to do the same thing that somebody else is doing that I know is wrong? Listen, folks, that never, never, ever should make sense to you and I. And so what we've got to do is shut it down. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Even Job got involved in it. You read the book of Job, man, and he, they're all over each other. Oh, you don't understand me, or you don't know this and all that. And I'm paraphrasing in that type of thing. But here's what I want you to understand. Look at Job chapter number 42. I'm going from the end or from the beginning to the end. I understand that, and there's all kinds of chapters in between. But here's the, here's the nutshell. Amen. You know, when, when God came onto the scene in, verse, in chapter 38, okay, and for about three chapters, seven, you study them and count them yourself. Seventy questions God asked Job. Seventy of them. And I'm sure God was saying, I got, a, I got thousands more that I could. And so I've learned that let God ask me some questions. And a lot of times that's the conviction that God will bring to you, is he will ask you a question. Jesus used this method. He didn't come up and say, you know, you're doing the stupidest thing in the world. He would just ask, whose inscription is on that coin? And right away they go, can't get him today, can we? See, that's what I'm talking about. God can teach us. He can help us. He can bring wisdom and understanding and knowledge into your life, not only to expose the devil, but to expose God in people's lives. Amen. I've learned, you know, Jesus used this method one day, but it, didn't, it, didn't, it wasn't working. You know, who gave you this authority? Well, okay, let's talk about baptism. That was a pretty popular subject here a couple of years ago. You know, John, he was doing it over there. Uh, what was that from God or is that from man? See, I'm telling you, that's what he would do. He didn't have to accuse them. He just asked the questions. And in my opinion, that's what God will do. He will ask us questions. And if we'll put it off, you know, you know somebody said, I was reading the other day, um, Andrew um, Urshan was a, a pioneer prophet in our organization back in the early 1900s. And he said something. He said, when you are done finishing learning the lesson, the situation will usually go. And wow, did that. Yeah. That makes me want to sit down at God's school and say, come on, God. Let's take about an hour or two right now and let's, let's, let's talk about some things. I'm telling you the truth, folks. We want to hurry through this stuff. And then we don't learn anything. And then it comes around because it always will. And then we wonder why God isn't helping me. He's asking you questions. What are you going to do about it? Praise God. That's what I'm talking about. His weapons are powerful if we will put them to use in our lives. And so the devil is an accuser. Now here's, here's some good advice, okay? Look at Jude. Chapter, well, there's only one chapter, so it's an easy book to, it's an easy one to make reference to. But look at Jude. Jude is the second last book in our King James Version Bible. And the Bible says in chapter number six, or verse number six, there's only one chapter, my goodness. It says, the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. That's a very sobering verse. Angels that have been already judged. And then he goes on to say, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an, a, for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Every, there are judgments of God. I've studied like seven of them. And there are some judgments that God just brought right to pass. 
He chose to do that. And I, 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 I partially understand why, so that you and I would have an example. If you go back to that 1 Corinthians 10, you're going to find out these things were written to us for examples. And he's talking about the Old Testament. And so you've got to understand, God uses things, and he will emphasize that he does have an end. Sodom and Gomorrah hit that end. Amen. The world as a whole hit that end in the sixth chapter of the book of Genesis. And so you must understand, God, sometimes his judgments will come forth. Now, that doesn't make you the author or me the author of it. We just understand, you know, you don't want to live for God. Okay, that's your business. But one of these days, God's going to come. And so the Bible says, likewise, also these filthy dreamers, verse 8, defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries, accusing. And then the Bible says, here's Michael, and he's an example to us. What did he do about it? Did he go one-on-one, toe-to-toe with the devil? This is where some of us want to go, and you make a huge mistake doing that. All he did was something very simple. The Bible says that Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst or dared not bring against him a railing accusation. Do you see what he did? He didn't even accuse the devil. Yeah. But what did he do? Yeah. That's what that kind of authority will do for you. That's what the weapons of God will do. Is it will put a thing in our life, praise God, where the devil is absolutely neutralized. Now let me show you back at at Job how that happened. Look at Job chapter number 42. Go back there now. And let me show you something. Amen. And hopefully we'll get more people to come on Saturday night at 5, between 5 and 6. And get busy doing some things. Praise God. Get busy doing what? The Bible says the Lord in the 42nd chapter there dealt with Job's critics. The Lord dealt with them. And that has been my comfort and my joy. I've had people in this district that wanted me to get actively involved in the accusations that have been poured from the herds me. And I won't do it. And the reason I won't is because God is the one that will vindicate me. He is always going to be my answer. And this is what I have learned to do with people that do me wrong. And I hope somebody here will take heed to this. The Bible says in verse number 9, So Eliphaz and the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namahite, boy, a lot of ites there, went and did according as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord also accepted Job. What did God tell them to do? You go sacrifice. But look at what Job was left to do. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job. When, not if, when he prayed for his friends. You see, folks, that's what God's answer, that's what God's weapon is when we are tempted to accuse. That's what God wants us to become. He wants us to become prayers. He wants us to begin to lift people up. He wants us to begin to to pray for people. And especially, Jesus said in his Beatitudes, count it joy when they despitefully use you. Come on, folks, that ain't any fun, is it? But isn't it glad, aren't you glad that you got a weapon during those times? That you don't give in to the devil? That you don't start mimicking him? That you don't start doing what he's doing? You start doing what God wants you to do. Come on, somebody right now needs to lift up their hand and repent. You need to ask God to forgive you because something has been exposed in this place right now. Come on, folks. I don't know who you are. I don't even know what it is. But come on, why don't you just play into into the Lord's hands for a change. Come on. Come on. Quit trying to justify your actions. Quit trying to justify what they did to you. Come on. This mammy, pammy, pouting stuff, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Come on. Help somebody in this room to grow up, to begin to use God's weapons. 
Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. Help us, almighty Jesus. Help us, Lord God. Help us, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, folks. Come on. Let's not quickly dismiss it. Come on. Let's ask God and expect God to forgive us. But let's also get something down. Let's get a direction now. Let's start praying. God wants to use us like he did Job. Come on. He wants to use us. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, my goodness. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. That's why this subject is about the same thing with money to me. When people come to me and they have money problems, I'm not going to try to get into why they got there. I'm just going to say, do you want God's help? Come on, if you want God's help, put him first. Begin to tithe. Begin to give to the Lord. That doesn't mean that God's going to instantly send a $1,000 check to your house. But what it does say is that you're getting into God's weapons now. And it's the same thing with this. Come on, folks, it's the same thing with forgiveness. I'm telling you right now, do you want God's help when people are doing you wrong? Do you want God's help? I do. Come on, that's why I'm preaching this. It's because I want God's help. I don't want to fall into those traps. I don't want to go days and months and years not liking people for what they did to me. Come on, I want God's favor. Come on, and I can get it. Praise God. They tell me they're having a dinner for you and I. They probably aren't going to do that now after this. But it's the truth, folks. This is where we're at. This is where our world is. That's why this internet junk that goes on and people, man, spilling their beans all over the place. Come on, folks, shut the thing off. Don't do it, praise God. I'm telling you right now, pray. Ask God to help you. Come on, and he will. Praise God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know, I know, I know. Morning sign. Okay, the third one. So we got sin, which we got a battle, folks. We got accusation, which we're going to be tempted. And you understand that temptation is one of the big T's, the four T's. What do we got to, how do we respond to temptation? It's an R word. We resist. That's what we got to do. We got to learn to resist. And God can put that in us. He wants to put that in us. He wants to shine the spotlight on your life when that happens. He wants the entire neighborhood, that half a town, to see someone like you when he is using you in that realm. Amen. That doesn't make everybody else do it. It just helps everybody do the same thing that Jesus did when he asked the questions. They're going to know that there is a God that is true, praise God. And the third one, praise God, is what we just read about in 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And that is the devil uses strongholds. He uses mindsets. That's what he does. He can't read your mind, but he can certainly look at your habits. And that's why I'm telling you, I'm not God. You, you and God work these things out, and you can. But some of these habits that we have need to go because that's exactly what brings the mindset is that we keep doing it. That's why some people, they know they're doing wrong, and they confess it, and they might get temporary relief just like an aspirin, but it doesn't cure anything. And that's why I'm telling you, the apostolic way goes for the cure. It doesn't go for just the relief. And that's why these charismatic movements are a dime a dozen. I'm not accusing them, folks. I'm just telling you how they are. I went to them before I came here. I saw what their temporary relief was. And it does work. 
But man, the next morning, I'm accepting Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior again because I don't know if I got enough. But when I come to you guys, you dealt with my sin. You said you need to repent. And boy, I'll tell you something, folks. That's the thing that shines the light on stuff. And then you said I needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. I understand that irritates some people. But listen to me, folks. It gave me the peace of mind. It gave me a, a new conscience like I have never had before, praise God. And then you told me I could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That has been my help, praise God, in all of these days. And what it is, praise God, is it's helping me to battle these mindsets. Amen. That's what it's doing in Jesus' name, praise God. Amen. Amen. The, the, the real, one of the biggest issues, and I'm about done. <laughs> I'm never done. I'm just done for now. But the, the, the bottom line here, the, the challenge with what, what devil-produced mindsets is it produces double-mindedness. That's what it's doing, and some of you are dealing with that right now. And God wants you to be single-minded. That didn't mean you would be perfect. That didn't mean you would never make a mistake. It just meant that every time those things came back around, there's no, there's no negotiation here. There's no gray sins. Come on, it's just the idea that, yes, I'm going to admit to that. And God's going to help me. He's going to minister to me, praise God. He's going to give me help and comfort in my time of need. In Jesus' name. Now, some of you have heard me say this before, but I'll just emphasize this this morning, and maybe I can go into a lengthier Bible study on, on person one-on-one. -on -one. But you're never, ever, and I'm never, ever going to solve a problem with the same mindset that's, that created it. That's why the devil doesn't create problems. He just suggests them. I'm the one that creates the problem. And so you and I must come up to that level of thinking. And that's the, the beginning stages of getting rid of the mindsets. Now let me give you some, something to talk or to, um, to, um, uh, uh, to think about, okay? And you want to write these scriptures down, okay? Because these will help you. If you will marinate on these scriptures, I believe that God will help you. I'm not even going to say them because I will preach them if I do. I really, I'm serious, because I, uh, I'm so, so absolutely adamant about these things. But your first uh, scripture is James 4, verses 6 through, um, uh, through 10. Marinate on these things. There's a five-step program there that you'll find in those verses that will help you to battle. It's a weapon against mindsets. Amen. And again, I'm not, I, I can't. You told me I couldn't, so I won't. The second scripture, and it's one you've been hearing a lot about around here, and, um, and, and you'll probably hear a lot more about it, praise God, is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I will recite that one. I beseech ye, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is yours and my reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Why? Do we just want to get a spiritual high? No, the purpose of renewing your mind is so that you can prove to yourself first that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I don't know about you guys, but I want to walk in the will of God as often and as much as I can. And with God's help and his weapons, I can do that. Amen. They're at the door, so I'm going to have to leave. Let's stand here for just a second. I know I've given you a lot, um, and, and I, I may absolutely make no apology to that, but um, I understand this is a lot to think about. Praise God. But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll start looking at your life, you're going to begin to see the tracks of the devil, sin, accusation, and strongholds, mindsets, the way we've thought. You're going to see that.
because I believe that God is going to give you a revelation of that. But what I want to leave you with is that God has given you, given you weapons. He's given you weapons that you can use against that kind of thing. Praise God. And I'm going to pray that God will help you to receive these things in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. There's no question about it, God, that you are here, that you have spoken to every one of us. There is nobody in this room that has not been affected in Jesus' name. No excuse, Lord. God, even on a, on, a, on a strong, wintry, snowy day in October, you have come in here and ministered in a beautiful way. I pray right now, Lord God, that, this will, that there will be no one offended by this, that we will not get, allow ourselves to be offended by what you're doing, that, Lord God, we will get over it, and we will begin to work on these areas, that we will begin to go to bat, Lord God, with you in hand, in Jesus' name. And, Lord God... I commission these, these people right now in the name of Jesus to receive with meekness this engrafted word that is able to save their souls. And God, I give you all the credit. I give you all the praise. I give you all the glory because you're the only one that could make this happen in the name of Jesus. Let this spirit of encouragement begin to lift people up. Let their eyes be lifted up, Lord God, that they'll begin to see in Jesus' name exactly, praise God, what they're going to do in Jesus' name. Now, what do you say? Come on. Come on. Give me 30 more seconds. Come on. Let's praise him. Praise God. Praise God. Two things before I go. These magazines are out there and they're for you. Please don't throw them away. Give them to somebody else. Even make copies of the articles that you like so that you'll do it. Also, if you don't want this and you, you don't feel like it's for you, that's fine. Leave it in the chair there. I'll pick it back up and give it to somebody else in Jesus' name. But use this. God can help you with an open door to show somebody that there's a place prepared for them. Amen. And they can, the best thing about it is they can be ready. For when that happens in Jesus' name. I have no idea who I'm supposed to turn this over to. So I'm going to go over here. And whoever's supposed to be up here, you come. In Jesus' name.